Hey, connected fam, welcome, welcome back. I am Catalina, your host, and this is a Connected Adventist podcast. Clearly, I remembered halfway through I was supposed to say that. Um, today's episode is called Predator. For those who are on social media, you would have seen uh, the little promo post uh, showing a movie from back in 1987 when I was three. Um, And yeah, I just want to share with you a story of what happened when I was out on a Sabbath walk with my family and how Predator came to mind. All right, let's get into this episode. All right, Listener Appreciation Award for this week is going to go to Ruth Hodge. Um, She, all I can say is she's one of those faces in North New South Wales that you just see involved in so many different projects. Um, She has a deep desire for service. Uh, She is constantly just helping out in wherever she can. I seem to see her in so many things. And clearly because I stalk North New South Wales Conference, I would know. Um, But yes, so Ruth, thank you so much for supporting the podcast. Thank you for listening in and thank you for your friendship. Um, More than anything, I just appreciate the friendship that Um, I I think I've actually formed quite a few friendships just through the podcast. Um, I think had it not been for the podcast, there might might not have been another legitimate reason to sort of connect with some people, um, or maybe just there might not have been a reason to connect with people at all. So it, yeah, I must say I'm thankful for the friendships that I have as a result of this podcast. And yeah, Ruth, you're one of those friendships that I'm grateful and thankful for. All right. So the first Sabbath, oh, and by the way, this is officially going to be a 30-minute podcast, so I'm going to let you know that that has been the way that our votes have gone. Um, okay, for those who do want to know exactly how many people voted, just so you understand the weight of these people's votes in the direction of how this podcast has ended up going right now, um, there was based on votes and messages that I have received. I'm going to try and um, not act like I was hoping more views would actually let me know what you wanted, but that's okay. Officially, like six people are deciding the direction of this podcast forever. Um, But there was, so... Okay, I'm not going to be able to get you those stats. But anyway, there was definitely more people that voted for the 30-minute podcast. I think there was, I think there was like seven people from what I worked out between voting on the poll and people that messaged me. There were seven people that expressed their opinion. And out of those, it was like four people wanted half an hour. And yeah, maybe, maybe it was five people five people wanted half an hour or that was their preference and the other two were sort of like either or but we're happy with an hour so it technically wasn't even a vote for an hour it was just sort of hey we're happy whichever way you want so I'm gonna take take the voters that opted for 30 minutes and this will be 30 minutes I'm gonna try I remember when I started this podcast I my first few episodes were like 17 minutes 16 minutes and I remember watching the timer like the recording time 
reading whatever it was on, or whatever I was using on oh, on my voice on my voice memo app I remember watching the time ticking as I'm recording and I'm like I've only talked for 17 minutes and it felt like hours like it just felt so long um, and then I'd, I'd press stop and I'd be like what 15 minutes 16 minutes and now I'm like how am I gonna compact this thing to half an hour but we'll see how we go I'm not guaranteeing it'll be like specifically 30 minutes but it will be closer to the 30 minutes than it will be to the hour let me stop wasting time okay so the first sabbath that our church was closed um we decided that we were going to go for a walk we're going to go out into nature we're just going to go for um it was just a walk into a national park which was canyon gorge so we went there we took the girls for a walk and there was a patch um, for whoever has gone to Canyon Gorge in um, Queensland near Monto. Uh, for anyone who has gone, there was one specific walk or track that we selected, which took us to a place which was called the Overhang. And as you walk to the Overhang, it's quite dense greenery I don't know what you want to call it and it is a little bit like a rainforest in parts of it where it is quite dense uh, the canopy and all that sort of stuff and um, yeah so there is a section where on that track where it actually feels like you're almost in like a jungle or a rainforest and you know there's tree vines you know thick vines and the girls are swinging off them and doing their thing and um, as we're going for that walk there is a bird in like rainforesty type areas it has this sound i'm not even going to try and yeah reenact the sound for you um but it is like this very distinct sound um i don't even know how to explain it it's like a low-pitched constant like ring kind of sound anyway i don't have no idea what kind of bird it is but I just know that when I hear that, I associate that type of bird with a rainforest environment. So as I, as I were going for the walk and I'm just thinking rainforest, jungle, it was, quite, it was a really, really pleasant walk. As we're walking, I hear this bird sound and instinctively it triggered a memory. It triggered a thought in me that I was like, I cannot believe I just remembered that. And what it was, for anyone who has seen this movie, The Predator, um, you will be familiar with the fact that it was like this, it was like this monster, animal, half animal, half man, who used to kill people in the jungle. And... The movie has Arnold Schwarzenegger in it and it was during that era in the like late 80s, early 90s, like Arnold Schwarzenegger was like the equivalent of like, I think it's Hemingworth Brothers, like he was the it man, like he was in lots of movies, very popular, um, you know, he was like the popular male actor at that time, especially for violent movies like these. So anyway, the 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 movie is that these 
they select a specific group of um, soldiers who are going in to rescue some people that have been taken hostage and they're just going to be dumped in the middle of this jungle, whatever jungle it is, I can't even remember, and they have to rescue the people and they're going to be helicoptered back up. While they're on the mission trying to find the hostages, um, this monster thing... It's not even a monster. I don't even know what else to call it. But anyway, the predator, he starts killing the people off that are in the team, that are on the the group of people that are going to go and rescue the hostages. And all I can, like, I can't remember the movie distinctly why that bird sound triggered that memory. I don't know if it was the jungle and the sound of that bird, but I know that that, that in the scenes of where these soldiers are walking through the jungle, obviously they have all those bird sounds or whatever. I do remember, I might be wrong, that I think when the predator was about, was around them or close to them or about to come out and attack someone, there was a distinct noise that he made and that you knew, oh, he's around. And he was like, he was camouflaged. Or like almost like transparent, so he camouflaged in with the with the greenery. Anyway, so I'm on my Sabbath walk, living my best life, enjoying nature, and I hear the bird sound. I'm in this like jungle rainforest vibe, and I'm like, I can't believe I'm thinking of predator right now. And as I really reflected on that whole thing, like I was trying to calculate when I would have watched that movie. So obviously when it came out, I was three. Uh, so I didn't watch it then. But when my family um, immigrated to Australia, my brother used to watch all that kind of movies and I just used to join him, obviously. So I was trying to work out, I would have been somewhere between 10 and Obviously, before I met Stevie, so I'm thinking 10 to 13 would have been the time when I would have seen that movie. I'm going to be 36 this year. So let's say it was when, you know, I was 12. That's like 24 years ago that I would have last watched that specific movie because I know I didn't watch it with Stevie. I watched it with my brother and I don't know how many times we would have watched it. I can't imagine we would have watched it a lot of times, but maybe we watched it two or three times, let's say. And I was just, as I'm sitting there thinking, and the whole way to the overhang and the whole way back, all I could think of was of this predator, like how the the movie just came back and was like a trigger. And as I reflected on that idea, as I was like, you know, this is ridiculous. I can't believe I'm thinking about this after 24 years. I really felt prompted as I just was trying, like, because when when certain things happen, like, okay, this is how I I am. When there are certain things that happen in the day that I know aren't a coincidence, because obviously I don't believe in coincidence, but if there are certain things that happen in the day, I pause and I ask God and I say, God, please, why did this happen? Why are you showing me this? Why did I respond that way? Why did this transaction happen in front of me? I'm, I'm very intentional of trying to seek God when certain things happen. So as I tried to like, when I just was praying with, with God about why am I thinking about this movie 24 years later, 
one thing that God really impressed on my heart is that one, there are things that are going to trigger us 24 years later from our past that we did not do anything to bring that about, but rather it just was a circumstance. And at the end of the day, there are certain things that we store in our mind subconsciously that it may never um, be brought back into like our current state of mind or our current memory because we have stored it for whatever reason. And I want to be really specific about temptation and about sin. Um, I know for me personally, there are experiences from my past that are triggered based on certain things. And um, and it's not necessarily, for example, like for those who do know, um, there was a period in my life when I was quite young, uh, specifically when we went on holidays to Chile, when we would go, and it was often for like six weeks at a time, we would go and visit my family. And in Chile, everyone can smoke. Like you just could, anyone can get cigarettes. Like a four-year-old can go and buy a packet of cigarettes and it's completely legal. So I smoked a lot uh, when I would go to visit, um, <coughs> excuse me, when I would go and visit my family in Chile. So there are certain things that trigger me. For example, cigarette smell. Um, I think there is an association, not just with cigarette and tobacco, but there is also an association with a lot of the stuff that I did while I was on those holidays. And on those holidays, honestly, my parents were doing their thing. I was doing my thing. Um, I basically did whatever I want. There was, I remember I just used to hang out with all the guys on the street. So in Chile, it's quite common, like all the kids hang out and you just get into all sorts of trouble, um, walk around the streets. And in Chile, like you don't go to bed at nine. Uh, you have teenagers roaming the streets doing nothing that is, you know, breaking the law or anything like that. You just have like gangs, little gangs, not violent gangs. They're just gangs of friends who just roam the streets, go to one, one, one friend's house and then go to another house. So I think when I associate cigarettes and tobacco, I associate it with a lot of the stuff, not just with the fact that I, I actually like cigarette, but I associate it with the stuff that I also was doing on the, on those holidays. So there are certain things that are a trigger for me still till this day as a 36 year old, uh, from my past, um, there's obviously experiences from, you know, sin as well that are still triggers to me uh, from when obviously I was having sex before I got married, got before I got married. Um, things that I did with like other boys prior to me meeting Stevie. There's a lot of stuff that gets triggered and it's not necessarily because I'm thinking of that or because I've done anything to get my mind back into the place where I was during that, those chapters of my life or whatever. And and the reason why I wanted to share that with you is that I think we need to understand that when temptation comes, it doesn't always necessarily mean that we're having a weak moment in our spiritual walk it doesn't necessarily mean either that we have done anything to provoke that temptation or to prompt that temptation 
There are certain situations that because of our experience from the past, some things will always be associated with that past. Um, and it will take a little while before, you know, it, it doesn't become as common, that the temptation doesn't become as strong. Um, it, it does take a little bit of time. And I think that that's what we have to be okay with. It's taken, it's been 24 years since I watched that movie and I was still triggered to experiences that I had when I watched that movie. Like I remembered watching that with my brother and I remembered, you know, I could remember so many parts of the movie. I could remember what the guy looked like. Once that, once that past or that memory was triggered, it was then that I was like, oh yeah, I remember that movie. And I remember that the guy, you know, used to be camouflaged. And I remember then it was like, oh yeah, I, I get where that's coming from. And I think that the danger for us as we're obviously making choices of, you know, not partaking of things, um, maybe not embracing certain things any any longer, whatever that may be um, in your personal walk. But once we're trying to delete maybe that chapter of our walk um, or of our life or of our journey, there are things that are going to be a trigger and the temptation does not mean that we are sinning. The temptation does not mean that we have forsaken God. Does The temptation does not determine where we are spiritually. Where I think a lot of people feel that because they experience temptation and whatever that temptation is for you personally, when you experience temptation, don't feel like that is a... Um, a demonstration that you're a no good Christian, that you're you know unfaithful to God, and please don't let it be like that. Because if we have a look at the biblical example, the Bible tells us that Jesus was tempted in all ways, in every form that we are tempted, He was tempted, but He did not sin. And I think we have to understand that for us as well, we're going to experience temptation. We're going to experience varying degrees of temptation. Some temptation is going to be, let's be totally honest, because we placed ourselves in that position. We placed ourselves um, in that environment. Um, we placed ourselves around those kind of people. Whatever that temptation is, however it represents, you know, for me, example, one example for me is like, I know I get very impatient with my girls. Um and there's certain things that trigger that. So I'm trying to be very conscious that if I don't want to be impatient with them today, there are things that I just have to let go. Like I just have to be aware that they're going to leave their stuff everywhere around the house. And I have to learn to let that go. If I'm wanting to not get impatient with them and get angry at them and all sorts of stuff. So I have to be very aware that that temptation is going to be present, but I have to do what I can to make that not lead into a position where then I'm going to be having to apologize to the girls because I overreacted because a pair of shoes was on the floor again. Um, so whatever your temptation is and however that represents itself, there are things that we can practically do to weaken the temptation to even take away the temptation but there are other things that I know 
we just have to battle out and we just have to have a change of mind. Um, I know when I've spoken with, with people that have obviously trusted me, um, when they speak to, with me about their specific um, struggles and battles and sin, I know for them that there is a very clear order of things that they need to do in order for that not to happen again. Um, I know there's one specific person that I remember when they confided in me uh, about having a pornography addiction. Like that particular person knew that they couldn't do certain things on their computer. They knew that they had to always be around someone when they were on their computer. So I think there's certain things that we can practically do to avoid temptation. But then I want to compare it with the story of uh, when Jesus went into the wilderness after his baptism. I don't necessarily think that Jesus was thinking to himself, I want to turn some rocks into bread because I'm so hungry because he had been fasting for so long uh, without food. I don't think Jesus was in a mind, in a position where his mind was causing him to be tempted, but rather the devil knew, hey, you've been fasting. Let me throw this temptation out and see how you respond. I don't think God, I don't think Jesus was like, you know what? I need everyone worshiping me. Let me do a deal with the devil. No, I think the devil came and threw the temptation that he could just to really test Jesus. And I think sometimes some of our temptation, I give you the example of like the predator thing. Like if a temptation comes to me of something that I know is sinful, but I know that I haven't done anything to evoke that desire or to promote me partaking of that sin or anything like that. If I know that in my own self, I did nothing for this temptation to appear, I believe that that is the devil placing us in a position where he wants to test us. He wants to test whether we trust in God, whether we believe that Jesus can help us. But in addition to that, I believe that the, te- the devil is putting that temptation in our path to see if we're willing to surrender our will. For example, if the temptation is for me to smoke, if I like smoking and I know that I no longer want to smoke because I have clear um, understanding that my body is the temple of God and that things like that are harmful, then if someone leaves a packet of cigarettes in my car, And I sit there and look at that packet of cigarettes and be like, you know what? I could smoke one right now and no one would know. I believe that that is a moment where we have this great controversy, this battle between God and the devil and we're in the middle. I think every temptation is purely there for us to pledge our allegiance to the conviction that we have in our heart, to the trust and the faith that we have that God will help us to have the victory over that and obviously i'm gonna like i was sharing this in um the Oz table talks devotional group i encourage you to jump on board for that one as well uh, so they've been doing a short five day five or seven day planned devotionals with as a group um and one thing that i shared with them today because just it was the devotional sort of touched on that a little bit is that sometimes we think of victory is this is this finish line that we're going to cross in 20 years from now? Um, or victory is something that you get after six months of not doing a specific thing. 
not talking a specific way or not thinking a specific way. But I honestly, personally, I believe that victory is a daily, second by second experience that we have. The victory that Christ gave us to surrender our will in faith, trusting that God will renew our mind, will change our thoughts and our desires and will give us a new heart is a second by second victory that we have to gain, uh, that he has to offer for us. And so I believe in the situation that I gave of me being able to smoke a cigarette and no one would know. I think that some temptation is purely for us just to strengthen our conviction and to demonstrate our loyalty to what God has shown us. And the moment, I believe, this is just me, the moment that the devil sees us grab that packet of cigarettes and throw it away, I think that is when we've gained the victory. We've just gained that victory over that temptation. Now, next time someone leaves a packet of cigarettes, I'm going to have to face that same situation. I'm going to have that same thought of like, I like cigarettes. Am I going to smoke one? Smoke it real quick and no one's going to know. Or am I going to throw it? I'm going to be facing that temptation yet again. And again, that is an opportunity for me to gain another victory that God has an offer for me. Um, so I do believe that that is a little bit of what I wanted to talk about temptation. So one, sometimes we bring temptation on ourselves because we put ourselves in situations, in environments and in places um, that are going to make that temptation a little harder Um so that's one thing about temptation. And second, I believe that sometimes temptation just comes out of nowhere. I know that people have had difficulties with sin. I mean, this is me as well. I've had difficulty with specific sins in my life and things have come out of nowhere. Either it be thoughts or situations or people's interaction with me where I'm just like, what is this like where did this just come from um so there are certain things where and obviously depending on your history depending on what has happened um there are different things and also i believe it's generational i'm going to throw that in there as well i think um also depending on generational sin i think sometimes depending on the choices that we have made sometimes we have opened up the door for generational sins to creep in um, I remember Michael Cardushi talking a little bit about that. Uh, so I think sometimes it's also generational. I know with my family, they all had some form of addiction um, and an addiction to a substance. And yeah, I have honestly, I'm like, God, it is only by your grace that I was never influenced or was never around people who introduced me to drugs because I do believe that I would have become addicted definitely have cigarettes I would have been a heavy heavy smoker and I think honestly had I smoked weed I think I would have become very dependent and people it's funny because people who have smoked marijuana who know whenever we get into the discussion who know that I never smoked it they're like man you'd be a lot of fun on weed and I'm like what so I I do believe that I would have probably ended up with a heavy addiction to those two specific substances anything else I don't really know but I can tell you myself I believe that God protected me from ever trying weed even though I was around it 
I've been around it my whole life. Um, and tobacco, like I am an Adventist because I was the only Christian faith that would help me to not fall into that as an addiction and they, that they wouldn't, um, embrace it or support it and be okay with, with me. Um, the biblical teachings of Adventism have honestly been something that has protected me from stuff like that. So there were the two points. And lastly, like, please don't be discouraged whether you experience temptation. Um, be aware, try and think of the triggers, try and think of why these things are happening. Um, I know for certain people, they will experience temptation because of the fact that they have either just not been praying, not reading their Bible. Maybe they've been hanging out with people that do certain things. I mean, I have a friend who um, was heavy into the drug scene. And I remember he specifically saying, like, I cannot go around people that are still using at this point. Um, he was saying, I can't go around people that are using because I can tell you right now, I still desire it. And while I still desire it, it will be very hard in that environment, in the situation when it's readily available for me to be able to say no. So he stepped back. He, he purposely, intentionally did not go to those places. So um, don't be discouraged if you're still tempted with sin, if there are still desires for certain things that you know are not of God, that you know aren't God's will for your life, um, however they present themselves. Um, but just be encouraged that Jesus was tempted, but he did not sin. And just because there is still temptation present in your life does not mean that the victory is not yours. It does not mean that you are a sinner. It doesn't mean that you are sinning. It does not mean that you embrace that sin. It just means that obviously there's still a temptation there because there's obviously still stuff that you sort of need to work with. I'm not tempted to smoke, but I will honestly say I like it. Um, I I like walking past people that are smoking cigarettes. I don't have an issue sitting next to someone who's smoking cigarettes where other people are like, I can't be near it. They'll block their nose. You know, they'll, they'll like sit really far apart from anyone who's around smoking cigarettes. I'm the opposite. I'm like, I've got no issue sitting right next to you. Um, so yeah, so that was probably the main points that I wanted to share with you about temptation. Um, whatever the triggers are, like just sit down, reflect on it, pray about it, try and see if there's anything that you can do to avoid that. And then when the devil just comes and throws a temptation to you out of nowhere, just keep in mind that that is not because you have done anything. It's not because you have messed around and done things that you shouldn't have done for whatever reason, but rather just be aware that it is the devil just testing to see where your loyalty and where your conviction is. And that is another situation, another opportunity to gain another victory, to get another little like, yup, I won this with Jesus, Mark. Um, it's another tally point that you have, another goal, another shot that you have against the devil because you are willing to surrender your will and surrender your desires if that's still something that you desire, you're willing to surrender it and to trust that purity and holiness in God were the better option. 
rather than falling back into the same temptations and falling into the same sin. Um, take courage. Take courage. All right, that's it. I think we smashed that. Twelve thirty-one minutes. All right, guys. So yeah, stay strong. Stay strong. Uh, Jesus has got your back, and He'll get you through it. And the temptations come, but that doesn't—that doesn't mean that you're any less of a Christian. I was listening. Here we go. We're gonna drag this thing out. Um, I was listening to the testimony of Christopher Ewan. Um, I can't give you references to anything of that, but uh, Christopher Ewan, he was, um, he used to be gay and he made a statement and I was like, that is just poor, like that is epic proportions. He said, change is not determined by the absence of temptation. So if you have struggled with something and there is still a temptation to do that, even though you have not partaken of that, even though you have not thought that way, spoken that way, behaved like that, done that, been in those type of environments, even though there are certain things that you have put aside, even if you have, you know, been doing like deeper work, and even though God maybe has changed the way that you speak, the way that you respond, the way that you react, the way that you think of people, the way that you judge people, the way that you make assumptions. Maybe you've gone a really long time where you've just been surrendering to God and God's been giving you the victory, surrendering and victory. But then you fall and you make a judgmental statement about someone. Maybe you gossip about someone. Um, Maybe even you lie. Maybe you've gone like really determined. I'm not going to lie. You've been asking for God for help to be honest, to be transparent with people. And then you lied for whatever reason. Don't be discouraged because of the fact, one, that you were tempted. And don't be discouraged if that was a if that was one situation where you fell. The righteous man falls seven times, um, but he gets up. Just get back up and know that God is the one that will have his arms stretched out to help you back up so yeah that's my point so don't be discouraged and don't let the the presence of temptation make you feel like you haven't changed or that God hasn't changed you or that you're not doing a, a good job of representing Christianity and reflecting God's holiness and purity because you're still struggling it's a battle that I think we will face forever Um, there was a, someone made a quote and they were like, um, it was in regards to like battling sin and the struggle between, you know, our desires and God's desires. And he said, the day I was baptized, the devil wasn't. And I think the devil will constantly be tempting us, but it's an opportunity for us to gain an extra victory. So I'll leave it on that. All right, guys, keep, keep winning for Jesus and giving the victories um, over to him so that he can um, continue to be the winner for you. All right, until next week, my prayer, my hope, and my desire that you stay warm in God's love, that you stay cool for Jesus' name, and that you stay on fire, winning against those temptations with the power and the strength and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. See you guys.